The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, Mind Walk. I'm Dom Bethanelli, and joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? And Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Oh, hey, Dom. I just got back from a mind walk and I'm kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is tired. <laughs> Folks, be sure to share the podcast with your friends to help us grow this great community of Star Trek fans and to reach even more listeners. I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy called The Secrets of Middle Earth. You can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Middle Earth. So, Jimmy, can you give us a recap? of what happens in Mindwalk. Last time, under the influence of a background program, Hollow Janeway betrayed the crew, took the protostar to biological Janeway's ship, and locked the kids out of the control. This time, it's Freaky Friday on Star Trek Prodigy. Mm. In an attempt to find a safe way to communicate with the Dauntless, Zero and Dal make a telepathic link with Bio Janeway, who the Diviner and Essentia have put in a closet. But this causes Dal and Bio Janeway to swap bodies. On board the Protostar, Biological Janeway learns the truth about the ship and why the kids can't answer hails without unleashing the Solemnite computer virus on the Federation. She also uses her Admiral-level authorization codes to fix Hollow Janeway and return her memories of the Chakotay mission. And Rock and Zero discover that the reason the body swap happened was because the two ships were physically linked by a phaser beam. On board the Dauntless, Dal tries to impersonate the Admiral with mixed success. Eventually, he's captured and taken to sickbay, but since Janeway saved the Diviner's life, he repays her by letting Dal go, thinking he's the Admiral. Uh, Ensign Essencia, back in her trill form, announces that the Protostar is heading for the heart of Federation space, and she sneakily suggests calling for backup so that the Dauntless won't have to face the Protostar alone. Everything comes to a head when Dal sneaks off the Dauntless, and with the help of a handheld phaser beam, he and biological Janeway make contact during a spacewalk at warp speed. They then return to their own bodies, but the Protostar has reached the heart of the Federation and drops out of warp where it's surrounded by loads of ships that Ensign Essencia summoned. And biological Janeway discovers that Ensign Essencia has her locked in the Dauntless's brig. The end. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, I don't think it's you all. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm not sure it's Essencia as so much as the rest of the crew. <laughs> the yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, I, I kind of chuckled. You said mixed results of impersonating Janeway. <laughs> no, I'll disagree. He, he, it was, it was all bad. Oh, bad. <laughs> he, it worked for a while. That's yeah. why I said mixed. Yes. Yes. So, uh, and he he would say stupid things and then find ways of rescuing them, right? Yeah. But yeah, everyone was pretty clearly like, "What's wrong with the admiral?" 
Well, yeah. uh, the obvious one was when she when she spit out the coffee. I mean, for Janeway to spit out coffee is bad. I mean, that How right there, she, they knew there was something really wrong. How did she drink this bitter stuff? I think is what he said. <laughs> so this is kind of you know it's part of a genre of of stories where you have these two characters do body swaps and. Mm-hmm. In television and movies, those can be fun because, especially, but especially television, because you've seen the actors playing their usual part first mm-hmm. and often for a long time. You know, like in the very last episode of the original series, Turnabout Intruder, involved a body swap between Captain Kirk and a guest character named Dr. Janice Lester. And in that, we saw Dr. Lester as Dr. Lester for, you know, a good chunk of the episode before the body swap occurs. So we got a sense of what that character was like as played by that actress. And we'd been seeing, you know, William Shatner play James Kirk for three years. And Mm -hmm. so then when they swap the bodies, the actors get to play each other. Yep. Which and it's always fun to see how they do that and how well they do that, mm. you know, copying each other's not just each other's vocalisms, but their physicalisms, their mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And um, and and so that's 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 fun to see. And and oftentimes, you know, the actors will coach each other on here's how I do this thing or here's something I would do at this point. And they they're able to deliver performances that are eerily reminiscent of the other actor. Mm -hmm. And this was interesting because it was animated. And so a lot of the a lot of the performance was really something done presumably by the animators. You know, they weren't Mm -hmm. presumably using motion capture on Kate Mulgrew and the actor who plays Dal. Um, So they they had to kind of, you know, make up a good bit of that performance uh, based on what they'd established with previous animation for how these characters move and just transfer that from one, you know, image to another. But the actors did get to imitate each other vocally Mm -hmm. and and a good bit of of the work, I think, was I mean, they, the actors did a good job, but I think a good bit of the work was also done really by the writing, by the by the script, because Dal and Admiral Janeway are very different people. They talk in very different ways. And so the writers used that to their advantage. And frankly, Dal got the best lines in this episode (laughs) as Janeway. Um, There's early on a point where he's walking down the corridor. He's figured out he's in Janeway's body, but he doesn't know anything else. And he runs into a crew member in the hallway who, you know, greets him and is concerned for what's going on with the Admiral. And Dal is trying to improvise, and he just says, Hello, Starfleet person. I am the Admiral, obviously. Thank you for your service. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was I was thinking like Kate Mulgrew channeling a teenage boy, you know, like as yeah. voice acts. I mean, mm-hmm. like all credit to, to to Kate Mulgrew for doing well, for doing that. And and she's had teenage boys. She's a mother, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, in the vocal mannerisms of both, because of course, then the actor who plays Dal, he had to play the you know very straight laced 
Janeway, you know, yeah. very, you know, sure of herself. And, you know, even as she's trying to figure things out, you know, she's still got that confidence and everything. And so he's not stammering over his words like Dal does, but just like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm real Janeway and we need to get this figured out. And, you know, mm-hmm. but if you think about it, Kate both sides did a really good job. So Kate Mulgrew had to do three different roles in this. She had to do hollow Janeway, bio Janeway, and then, uh, Dal in bio Janeway. <laughs> so she she really her had to push and, her in Dal's yep. bio Janeway in yeah. Dal's body. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the uh, credits of this episode call that character Admir Dal. <laughs> which <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that may be a pun too far. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's pretty good. That's what um, Rock calls her, right? Oh, uh, maybe. Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah no, say that. I, I, one thing I did like is when Hollow Janeway and Janeway and Dal are talking. At one point, they switch it so you see Vice Admiral Janeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see Bio Janeway at that point for a little while while they're talking, kind of to show, you know, Hollow Janeway realizing, yes, this is her. This is the real Janeway, you know, and, and kind of enforces that. And that was nice because we got a scene where the two Janeways meet, where Hollow mm-hmm. visually Hollow Janeway yes. and Bio Janeway are on screen together. Yeah. I was a little iffy on some of that writing there because like, oh, you know, G- Bio Janeway in Dal's body has to convince Hollow Janeway by telling Hollow Janeway something that only Janeway would know. I'm thinking if I'm Catherine Janeway. When they're making a hollow version of me, am I going to download all my most intimate memories into this thing? Like that was that's a very weird thing. Well, from what we've yeah, from what we've seen, they do have extensive interviews. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they made a point in the Deep Space Nine episode where Doctor Zimmerman was making a hologram based on Julian Brashear, and he said yep. we're going to have to do lots of interviews because the hologram is going to need you know, memories to draw on as part of its bedside manner in dealing with people. So apparently they would talk about childhood experiences and things like that. And that wasn't something that was, you know, really, really intimate. It was just, you know, childhood memory. And I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. You're right. I mean, there was that, if you're going to make a realistic hollow of anyone, Mm -hmm. you're going to need lots and lots and lots of data. I mean, sort of like the, AI chatbots we're dealing with today in order for yeah. them to be conversational. They need lots and lots and lots of data. And even now, like the ones we have today aren't, aren't and, perfect. Yeah. And that's something that wouldn't have been in, in her, you know, official record. So it's something that wouldn't have been in the computer except within the hologram. Okay. Okay. But by the way, speaking, so of Dal, speaking of Dal spitting out the coffee, because coffee is one of those drinks that unless you're used to it, Wow. Is it (laughs) not not is it an acquired taste? It is not pleasant on first experience. It's like that and anything with alcohol in it. Just why do people drink this? You wonder the first time you have it. And um, and the doctor, uh, Dr. Noose or whatever his name is. Noom, um, he get, I keep remembering it as it's just a slight variation on the Greek word for mind, uh, which is yeah. noose, um, nose. And he um, he gets a great line, too, because Dal is acting so weird in a command situation and think the tension is escalating on the bridge about what are they going to do? And the doctor comes up to Janeway with a to Dal. Uh, uh, with a mug and says, as your doctor, I order you to drink this coffee. 
get it together. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's we know how significant that is because Janeway herself has previously told her the the doctor has previously ordered her to only drink tea. And yep. now he's ordering her to drink coffee. That That's shows right. us how serious the situation is. <laughs> you know, so at the end of last episode, we were talking about ways that they could communicate with the Dauntless, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that don't require electronics and, you know, and infecting them with the the construct. And we talked about, you know, signs on a window and Morse code. And those actually at least the Morse code comes up in this episode. At the mm-hmm. beginning, we see the as the protostars drifting past the Dauntless, they see from the this bridge, which is just a big canopy. Yeah, Doctor Noom, Noom, Noom. Uh, I forget what it's Noom. Noom. Um, in a window, like hold up a sign. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. grab some paper. <laughs> and they don't end up holding up signs, but they do end up playing charades. To yep. communicate between the two ships, which is essentially right. the same sort of thing. I like how the reason they did that, because they suggested, why don't we talk to Dal? Because they, they need to get them back in their own bodies. Mm-hmm. And so they need to get them to do this spacewalk at warp speed. That's the goal they're trying to, to mm-hmm. achieve. And they need to let Dal know what the plan is. And so they're between the windows on the ships. They're communicating. And, and Rock says, why don't we use Morse code? You know, like SOS and and Jankum points out realistically, I think those were the only three letters in Morse code that Dal learned. So they had to shift to charades, which is not holding up signs, but holding up your body as if it's a sign miming right. different things. Yeah. But again. You can hold up writing, <laughs> read the writing. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. you can you could look up Morse code on the computer in front of you and decipher it. So I know it's for the sake of the story they didn't do those things, but uh, it's just kind of. And they wanted to have the goofy, yeah, the goofy charades. charades so, yeah, yep. it's and, a kid show. They, so they did a good job with the charades. They did. They did. Um, the, another another really good line that Dal has in this uh-huh. is at one point he's leaving the bridge. And um, and he looks at the Andorian first officer and says, you antennas, you're in charge. Everyone keep doing an awesome job. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it was earlier where it's like, um, you know, oh, whoa, stop firing. Seize, quit it. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, uh, you know, like back and forth. So you want to board their ship? I mean, let's see where they're going first. Then pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so out of character for Janeway. Yeah. So Jane, Janeway did get a good line herself in this. Um, at one point, you know, after they've proposed the spacewalk to her to get them back in their bodies, they ask if, you know, um, if you're okay with that, the kids do. And Janeway says, Listen, I was once transformed into a salamander. Yes. Nothing can be as difficult as that. <laughs> I'm so glad they brought like, it up. <laughs> wow. Yep. They brought it up from that, from what's widely regarded as the worst, worst. episode of Voyager ever, yes. possibly yes. of Star Trek ever, <laughs> um, where it, I think it's called Threshold and they yep. break the warp tin barrier and it turns Tom Paris and, and Captain Janeway into space salamanders who have mated and had children. It's like, whoa. I I had assumed (laughs) that this episode is what's sometimes uh, referred to in comics as a mopey. (laughs) 
Um, there was an episode of or not an episode. There was an issue of the of the Flash where it was revealed that Barry Allen, although he got his speed powers in a lab accident when lightning struck a, you know, uh, rack full full of chemicals in a police lab and they doused him, um, that that was actually caused by a higher dimensional imp named Mopi, who was one of the seven heavenly helpers. And so it's effectively, it, it's, it's like the Flash, this science-based hero, got his powers because of a higher dimensional heavenly helper imp. And mm. it was regarded as so awful as a story that for at least a time, it has since been broken, but for at least a time, there was just a tacit agreement. We will never refer to this again. It, is, it, has, been, <laughs> it has been ejected from canon. Right. And I had always assumed that Threshold was that way, that it was, we would never hear about that again because of how horrible it was. <laughs> yeah. So so for them to bring it up was quite interesting. Well, they also mentioned it in uh, Lower Decks Paris episode. They yeah. also mentioned it there. So yeah, lower decks is comedy, though. Yeah, yeah, if, but it's still it's still canon. I would have guessed if it was going to be concerned. mentioned. If it was going to be mentioned anywhere, it was going to be on lower decks. But yeah, not a prodigy. Not but, here. Not but, a prodigy. Uh, no. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny that they that they bring it up. And I don't know. It feels kind of cool. It's sort of like I don't know. Um, it's cool and horrifying at the same time. <laughs> yeah, the original was horrifying. <laughs> it's fact that they can laugh at it now is cool. It's sort of like some of the Will Wheaton stuff that he he laughs at now nowadays too. You know, just. At the time, it was pretty bad, but now he can laugh about it and we can laugh about it with him. So that's good. So talk a little bit about the Vindicator slash Essentia and the Diviner. Um, So we were wondering, how are they going to manage to hide Janeway and not have everybody notice that she's missing? And so basically what Essentia does is hides her in the closet in her quarters. (laughs) Got her there somehow. And and unconscious. And because closets in Star Trek don't have locks, they can't even lock her in the closet. Right. No. And, uh, you know, they basically put a do not disturb sign. You know, the, the Admiral doesn't want to be disturbed. We're in the middle of this hunt for the protostar and she wants to go take a nap. Like, that just doesn't seem. But, you know, it it, it works for a time anyway, mm-hmm. until Dell starts <laughs> puppeting. And uh, so then we have this other. So if we want to talk a little bit of a, a Trek science quote-unquote uh this whole thing about merging the warp bubbles to kind of lock mm-hmm. the ships together i don't think we've ever heard of that before right that's not a oh, i yeah. don't think that's ever been oh, a yeah. plot piece oh uh, yeah we we did it in uh all the way back in enterprise they had the two sister ships an xo1 and an xo2 i don't remember fly that. together oh. upside down yeah it, it's um i, I totally it's been that. done before okay okay so, you, I mean, I suppose it's really dangerous, and that's why they don't do that instead of try tractor beams and stuff. It it yeah. also won't fundamentally change the abilities of the ship. I mean, it may keep you tethered together as long as you're moving at the same speed. But they point out if this if they activate their their protostar drive, we're going to be ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But I guess yeah, I'm just thinking, like they can still fire phases at them and knock them out of warp eventually, and that sort of thing. So. Right. Uh, so although, this, is, this is, I mean, it, when you're that, it, yeah. when you're tailgating, basically at warp speed, it's going to be hard to get out of the way if they fall yeah. out of warp. That's, that's all yeah. I can think. <laughs> this is basically the Star Trek version of of a a fighter jet locking onto a refueler in air. Yeah. Is what they're right. doing, or drafting at Talladega at 200 miles an hour. 
Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that so it's it's Zero who comes up with this idea to do the mind walk, the the telepathic connection, and Zero... actually, it's proposed to him, but he he goes oh. with it. Oh, okay. Oh, someone says Zero, you're telepathic. Can't you send a message? Which is yeah. another thing that we had, we had thought about last mm-hmm. week, um, and so that's really cool. But Zero says, "I I can only do that with the hive mind. We're hive mind creatures," and then says, "Dal, you have telepathic DNA." It, Specifically, Organian DNA is the... the Apparently from before the Organians became purely energy beings. Because that's a jaw... Otherwise, it's jaw-dropping. If Wait, how? What? Organian? (laughs) Really? Um, For people who may not remember, the Organians are uh, a people that appear to be primitive. And they feature in an original series episode called... um, Oh... um, I'm blanking on it. I had it just a second ago. Anyway, they feature in this original series episode where the Enterprise goes to the planet Organia, which is um, Errand of Mercy, which is mm-hmm. where which is kind of strategically located for both the Klingons and the Federation. And the Organians seem to be a primitive people with goats that have spray paint on them. <laughs> um, and they seem totally unconcerned about the fact the Klingons are going to invade and dominate their planet. And they like just don't care about this at all. And Kirk and Spock are trying to get them to care and side with the Federation, but they don't. And eventually it's, re- it's revealed that the Organians are not the simple peasants they appear to be. They are um, super beings that have evolved into pure energy and are just taking these human forms for convenience. And so they are no threat to either the the Klingons and the Federation are both no threat to the Organians, which is why they don't care. Um, and they even like are going to impose peace on the Federation and the Klingons. Mm. Yeah, a very nice uh, Cold War story mm-hmm. <laughs> analogy. Uh, so um, yeah. they also show up in an episode of. Um, of Enterprise, where they're body swapping among members of the Enterprise crew as observers. Mm-hmm. And they comment that, you know, these humans show some promise. Maybe in 10,000 years, we'll be ready to make contact. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, speaking of the body swap and going back to that, I, the ones that I always find the most fun are the ones where they've, you, your season's in, you've got the characters of the cast swapping with each other. So mm-hmm. you've got like, I don't know, um, DeForest oh. Kelly pretending to be Shatner and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I always love those ones. Those are fun. Yeah. yeah. the and, and they're nice when they're played for comedy um, because body swapping is pretty silly it is. And to begin mm-hmm. with. And so it, it, it lends itself to comedy. There's that episode of Stargate SG one yes. with Marcello, where they find <laughs> yes. this box that will switch you and whoever else is holding the other end of the box. That was a blast, and, yeah. And that one, <laughs> that one is hilarious. Because it, there are several different swaps in that one. Like, well, they get yeah, to play the several end, different they literally have to play round robin with the, the swaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. At one point, Richard Dean Anderson's doing Christopher Judge. And yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. 
And and once there once and at one point, you know, in O'Neill's body, Teal'c says, "I've got to shave my head." And, <laughs> and when they get back in their right bodies, Richard Dean Anderson looks at Christopher Judge and just says, "Shave my head!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't you dare! Oh man! So uh, finally, we have um, Janeway has been exp- Janeway in Dal's body hasn't explained to her what's going on. So like the frustration that I was feeling of so long going with, you know, the Starfleet people not knowing, right. This, Oh, f- finally relief. They've explained to someone who can fix things, it, but it that's, also, I'm done it, a little bit at the end. Sorry. That's what I was going to finish. Well, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it hasn't really been that long if in terms of episode count, I know since it feels they, that way since they made it, but it, but <laughs> yeah. we've been watching this spaced out a week from each other. So it feels like a couple of months to us yeah. that this sub thread has been going on, but really it's only just a few episodes. Right. right. It's uh, well, I mean, the, the eight episodes of this part of the first season and or seven episodes, and and that's the interesting mm-hmm. thing is we only get two left. So this is the seventh of nine for this. And the mm-hmm. 17th ten. of, uh, is it nine? There's ten, ten? Ep- 10 episodes in this half. 10 episode. We have two. We do have the two final two oh, right. left. Right. This right. is yeah. the penultimate episode. Okay. So these, yeah, this is 18. Uh, yeah, this, eight, this is the eighth of this part of the season, but it's the 17th of the full season, I guess. It's it, because it's 18th. Um, well, oh, Lost, because the Lost opening and Found one was, was, a was a double yeah. length, so they it's get it gets a double episode number. So, mm-hmm. but it was a double length. It's just it's confusing the way they've broken things up and trying to parse it like that. But you know, we're coming up on we're over a year that we've been watching this for a season. That first episode aired at Halloween of 2021, and we're not going to finish this until you know nearly the last day of 2022. So it's it's kind of been long and spread out which is kind of a weird first season but um yeah. but it's a long first season 20 well, episodes it's, it's or 19 effect, it's it's effectively two seasons i mean they're just yeah. it's one in production order but it's two the way they've split it up but yeah. um it seems clear to me we're not going to wrap up the whole chakotay thing in the next two parter that mm-hmm. that's going to wrap up the threat, the immediate threat the from construct. the from mm-hmm. the construct. But I'm suspecting the Chakotay plot will be our main driver for next season, or that's at least our hook as well. into next season. I think I think there's a strong possibility that Chakotay, the recovering Chakotay, is mm-hmm. going to be um, after they've f- fixed the construct is going mm-hmm. to be a like final last thing like oh and we've gone back in time and you know gone forward in time and got Chakotay back I think there's mm-hmm. a, as a there's a strong possibility of that uh, mm-hmm. so that they can clear the decks for whatever they want to do next season they, it, we ha- they it's possible they also could um, uh, they could uh, have us in the process of dealing with the construct they could have them thrown in time yep. or mm-hmm. escape through time and so they might not resolve the the construct plot, but put it on pause while they time travel to go get Chakotay. I kind of hope they don't do the thrown through time thing just because that's Discovery season three and four or four, yeah. four or whatever it was. And it's yeah. the original Star Trek Voyager in time instead of space. Yeah, I, I, I mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. You know, one thing we've been talking about is speculating what what's coming next is like, oh, maybe the the, the kids all end up at Starfleet Academy. 
but we get Dell kind of gets the bad news. Oh, Dell can't go to Starfleet. (laughs) That's not true. Dell, okay, Dell, number one, has parents. And number two, Dell will get into Starfleet Academy because they can and have made exceptions for augments. Um, they, and so they, it's, it's just another exception. They, for Julian you, Brashear, they found a way for him to serve in Starfleet because his augmentation was not his fault. Um, and he, and he continued to serve in Starfleet during the Dominion War and for who knows how long afterwards. Also in Strange New Worlds, they've established that number one is an augment and she's obviously in season two after that has come to the Federation's attention. So there's going to be some way for her to serve in Starfleet. However, uh, she both in both cases, they did not know that they were augments until after they were already serving. And we the last scene of Strange New Worlds is her being arrested. So, I mean, yeah, yeah they, they're going to they're going to do some way to that. work that around. But still, it this is different than actually going into the Academy, knowing that he is an augment. I, in the I first think place. I th- so. I, I think that um, that number one, I mean, unless you're remembering something I've forgotten, I think number one knew that she was an augment no. when she went into. But Federation. Starfleet didn't. Starfleet oh, didn't. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. Yeah. There, so, uh, but, but they can we they can, it's a kids show. They're going to weasel it. Yeah, they'll write around it. It's it's weird that if if Janeway knew both of these cases prior, that couldn't say. But we can make an exception, or that's possible as an exception. It was very definitive. I know it's it's writing it's, kid show it's, and it's up the drama, show, kid show drama writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I'm glad it's finally you know Janeway's on the case. But you know she gets back yeah. in her body, but we end it where she's in the brig with. Where I I don't think it's just Asensia putting her in there to get her out of the way. I think Commander Tysus is like, "There's something wrong with Janeway," and Doctor Noom is like, "Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) she's kind of lost a little bit." So let's put her in there for her safety and ours. (laughs) Except if something's wrong with her, she should be confined in sick bay. Well, it's already didn't work once because she was let out by the diviner. Yeah, she got out of sick bay. Yeah, right. And speaking of that, I I think that the diviner may be in the process of a face turn. Um, Mm -hmm. He he um, and that may, in fact, and it's Gwyn that's the motivating thing for his face turn. It is um, that may be why the order forbade them to have progeny because it could distract them from the mission and cause them to have divided loyalties and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I'm suspecting that Gwyn is going to redeem her father, and so we're going to have uh, Leia Skywalker redeeming Darth Vader all over again. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's... Um, I think that's a possibility. It was, yeah, it was interesting to see. Like, it was, it was sort of a bit out of character for the Diviner to let Janeway go out of a sense of you save me and I'll save you that the old diviner before his mind wipe with, with the Medusan Mm -hmm. um, would never have given into sentiment like that. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it's, he would use the opportunity to take her out completely. Yeah. Yeah. They have, they have though, you know, signaled that previous in previous episodes that he's had a change of mind about the evils of the Federation. Yeah. Yes. 
Although he still kind of talks about, you know, making sure to complete his mission and all that. So yeah, he's in the process you know, so of, of he's in the process of that conversion, that change of heart. So, yeah. and then we have that final scene of, you know, the dramatic scene of the, the, the protostar being surrounded by all these ships, which reminded me a little bit of the um, lower decks where we had the, mm-hmm. all the ships surrounding all the California class ships. Or, or yep. every new Star Trek series ever. I was just thinking with, Picard did that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are these massive battles. It's like, okay, guys, you know, this has become a trope. Yep. Yeah. And well, at least it's getting at least unlike out. Picard. At least unlike Picard, they didn't cut and paste the ship. Because <laughs> right. you remember that first season, Picard, they, you know, it literally was the same ship yeah. for all of them. Yeah. The same right. model. Like, yeah. But we've we we also had it in the um in the episode of of Strange New Worlds where James Kirk showed up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it's like okay, the massive space battle with the bazillion ships has been done, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Let's let's give that a rest for a while. The, the Battle <laughs> of the Binary Star was the uh, was the first of the new Trek, like oh, right yeah. at the beginning. Uh, so um, yeah, it's kind of lost its dramatic punch to do it that way. Mm-hmm. It's time to time to do something new. Uh, so anything left to say about this episode, Father Corey, anything we missed? A couple of things I kind of get a kick out of, uh, you know, it, you know, they, they use the reach out your mind. And that that phrase is kind of like nails on chalkboard to me. It's like, first of all, how do you do that? And secondly, that's <laughs> when you, you know, t- people talk about prayer or oh, when you go to prayer, reach out your heart to God, which is an emotional thing. That's not, you know, right. you're not like physically reaching your heart out. You're not ripping it out of your chest and holding it up or something <laughs> like that. You know, yep. it's just it's just one of those phrases that kind of gets on my nerves. Hmm. And I like that Jankum cut him off at the techno babble <laughs> where it's like, oh, re- reconfigure the deflector to emit a tachyon pulse. Jankum Bog doesn't know how to do that. Beep, 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 boop, boop. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I like how they, they cut that off. You know, it's just like, this is stupid. Knock it off. <laughs> right. Right. That was good. Uh, Jimmy, any final thoughts? No, although I think I think there is a good chance that it's that it's just Essentia that has Janeway in the brig, that the crew is not on board with that. Mm. Um, but we'll find out. OK. We'll oh, I, I know. I did have one. I, I wanted to comment on it's how nice the writing was where Essentia arranges for the worst possible situation when the mm-hmm. when the protostar reaches its destination because it could just be we're going to be there and we're going to face up against this experimental prototype ship gee do you think we'll need any help (laughs) and and with just that line it's like okay let's bring in a bunch more ships so they all can get infected too right yep and that was not that was nice that was nicely played um i don't think they needed the bazillion they found um, but having some backup would be nice. Yeah, I wonder if this is the type of virus that is virulent, uh, powerful but not virulent in the sense of all those ships together will fire on each other and destroy each other and die out. Like that'll be the end mm-hmm. of the virus. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I wonder. Oh, unless you know they come and investigate and find the construct and examine it and it infects more ships or whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say with with all the having all the ships, that's a, a far distance from like every other Star Trek plot of we are the only ship <laughs> that's close enough to Earth to get there. You know, when the yeah. plot demands it, there's only one ship in the sector. When the plot demands it, there's Wolf three five nine. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's whatever the plot demands. 
All right, so let's take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Paul S., Brian L., Robert W., Daniel P., and Ben H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. We'd love to hear what you thought of this Prodigy episode, Mind Walk. You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash starquestmedia, or send an email to trek at sqpn.com, or you could visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch The Secrets of Star Trek in our happy faces in full video on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash starquestmedia, where you should also make sure to subscribe. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the penultimate episode of this season, Supernova Part 1. Until Unless then, we're discussing Supernovas Part 1 and 2, depending on the release schedule. Uh, the release schedule is that Part 2 is going to be the following week. Uh, oh, uh, okay. They have Darn. it up. Okay. <laughs> it would be nice to, to wrap it up all at once. But uh, until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, and live logs and proper. And Father Cory Stika, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. And remember, teamwork makes the dream work. Hi, everyone. This is Dom Bettinelli, CEO of StarQuest, with a special message as we approach the Christmas season. This past year, the StarQuest Network has continued to expand our mission of exploring the intersection of faith and pop culture through our many entertaining and informative programs. Now we need your generous financial support to keep producing the shows you love and to reach new audiences with more of the life-changing and uplifting programming we've been creating for more than a decade. That's why it's very important that we hear from you this Advent and Christmas, the time when nonprofits receive most of their support for the year. If you are already a supporter of StarQuest, we thank you and ask you to prayerfully consider increasing your support at this time. If you're not yet a supporter, please become one now. Every gift counts. Could you give $15 or even just $10 per month? Whatever level of support you can offer, please show your support for SQPN this Christmas. And remember that your gifts are tax deductible. Just go to sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give. May God bless you this Advent and may you have a blessed Christmas season.